Okay, welcome to the Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast. And today I have a special guest all the way from, uh, are you in New York? Where are you, where are you located? I'm in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, okay, okay. So yeah. we're both uh, on the opposite ends of the world. I'm just waking up, he's winding down. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah I'm kind of curious. You're, you're uh, Matt from Spear of Fire Tarot and I came across you actually through um, Friday RC's podcast. I thought that was a really good uh, uh, podcast that you did together and so thought it'd be kind of cool to bring you on here and uh, have you talk about your uh, tarot practices so yeah maybe for the listeners if you can kind of introduce yourself a little bit about your background and how you got into uh, the tarot and esoteric practices in general okay um, yeah thanks um, well first off thank you for for having me and inviting me on the show um, the um, yeah so I um I'm a relative, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's been into tarot for my whole life, um, but I've always been a very spiritual person in various formats, uh, in various ways. Um, and I had a very uh, kind of more like, I guess you'd call it conservative Christian religious uh, upbringing. Um, mm-hmm. And without going into too many of the details that as, as it sometimes does, kind of flamed out in my, in my mid-20s. <laughs> your, whole, your whole biography. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There'll be at least a couple of people who've heard that story before, you know, in some form or another, right? right, right. Um, uh, so, you know, so you don't, the details vary from place to place, but people recognize that one. That's an archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so after that, I, you know, I kind of was sort of adrift uh, and, but, but always had this sort of like interest in, um, well, in spirituality in general, but also just in, um, always been interested in, I guess you would say small E esotericism. There's just things that weren't, wasn't what everybody else was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that kind of like predilection, that sort of like, uh, general way of looking at things I just kind of started falling down these progressively weirder and weirder rabbit holes um looking into things like um just in philosophy and and uh in religion and and all this and somehow the book uh meditations on the tarot Mm. came across my uh interest uh screen and I thought oh okay I'll check that out and I've read a lot of strange and interesting (laughs) things before Mm -hmm. but never quite something like that um that just sort of blew my socks off in a way that I just really wasn't expecting um okay and that's interesting I've never uh read that book so what is it it's I mean it's meditations on the tarot so is it sort of like a um is it sort of guided meditations on each of the cards or how is it kind of laid out no, it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a really strangely structured book and it's not the kind of thing that somebody who wants to learn how to read tarot should, should check out right away. <laughs> you mm, know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, it just happened to work out that way for me, but, um, so what it is, there was a, an occultist, um, who he wrote the book anonymously. So I'll sort of start there. Mm. He, he wrote the book anonymously and didn't want it published until after he died. Mm. Um, since since that time, which I think the original publication was like in the mid seventies, it was translated into English in like 1980 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, since that time, it's 
pretty well been discovered that who it was was um, Valentin Tomberg, hmm. who had been he had primarily been associated with uh, with Rudolf Steiner and the Anthroposophy movement, um, but ended up kind of breaking with that, going his own way, and then becoming a staunch convert to Roman Catholicism. <laughs> oh, very interesting. <laughs> Right, which is a you know kind of a weird journey. He he was born in Russia, and um, you know he had been a bunch of different things, <laughs> including wow. an anthroposophist, pretty high level one, uh, mm. and then became a, a convert to Roman Catholicism. So, in his meditations on the tarot, which are which were published after his death, he basically summed up, I guess the way you would call it is like his lifetime of spiritual reflection. Um in the format of letters to an unknown friend, it's the person reading it. Um, and each letter is about, is tied to one of the major arcana of the tarot. Oh, wow. That sounds really interesting. I'll have to uh, check it out. I've heard about it yeah. several times before, but uh, never really cracked into it. So it sounds interesting. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things that if you're not ready for it, it's just like, totally undo you, <laughs> you know, in a good way in a good way but okay, okay. um yeah but so th from there i became more interested in tarot generally um you know because the book is really not about divination or or you know use having a practice with the tarot it's just more of these explorations of how the tarot unlocks all of this um so i got fascinated with that and you know i started stumbling around a little bit more um I think there was a conversation with a friend of mine about uh, the movie Hodorowski's Dune, you know, the documentary. And um, mm -hmm. he had mentioned to me Hodorowski's history with the tarot because we've been talking about it a little bit. I thought, oh, OK, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. check that out. Um, so, you know, I, I ended up getting that the, the, the deck that he had, the Marseille deck and, and uh, mm. okay. all these things kind of happened from there a oh. few years ago. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, was there something specific, like when you first saw the cards or like, so like, I remember the first time I saw tarot cards, it was, I think I was in elementary school actually. And one of my mom's friend was into like astrology and tarot and stuff like that. And um, they were doing like a tarot reading. I think it was the uh, Celtic spread or something like that. Right. And uh, I remember like the first time, I don't remember what deck it was. I was so young back then. I think it was the Rider Waite deck, probably, which is the most common one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I remember just looking at the, um, you know, the images and the symbols and being kind of, kind of enthralled or sort of like, wow, this is interesting. What's this all about? You know, and uh, never really got around to looking into it until much later, probably like twenty years later, fifteen years later. But uh, I know I had a pretty. Um, I don't know what you would say, just a, an interesting reaction upon seeing the cards. They sort of, you know, the, the archetype sort of hits you on a, for me, hit me on like a primal mm. level or something. But uh, how about for you? Like, what was the, uh, was it that book that you mentioned? Was it Meditations on the Tarot that first sort of really captured your attention and got you into this? That was probably the first thing that really, really captured my attention. But I, I remember seeing kind of like you said, like, I remember seeing these images or encountering them here and there um as a kid there, there's a, a memory that's coming into my head of like watching tv late at night and seeing one of those ads for you know psychic readings or something and seeing <laughs> these like tarot right. cards on the like one right. and just being like what is that you know and, right. and i'd see them here and there but 
partially because of my uh, background, I was always, there was always this kind of like, there was on the one hand, this allure, but then also this fear. Um, Mm. So, which kind of made it exciting, but I also didn't want to look at it too closely, you know? Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of my friends that aren't into esoteric stuff or occultism, they might look at tarot cards and be like, Oh, that's a cheap scam. Or, you know, like you're saying like, yeah. a, like an infomercial. Psychic, <laughs> right, right, right. Psychics.com or something. But what's, also, <laughs> what's funny on the other end though, these same people there, they'll be like super into um, like Joseph Peterson talking about mythology and symbolism and like, right, like a, right. and like, you know, Joseph Campbell, I'm like, well, do you kind of like, that's what these cards are. It's literally, you know, it's the same sort of symbolism and sort of uh hero's journey and things along these lines right but uh I I definitely do think tarot to a degree I think it's sort of because of those um what would you say I don't I don't even know the term for it like uh infomercial psychics or something right (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I know there's probably a term for it but it's probably because of those people a lot of people sort of maybe they're turned off by even looking into tarot cards might see it as some sort of cheap like a cheap trick or a cheap scam to make money or something things along these lines right yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I had that feeling when I, you know, cause I kept this more or less to myself for quite a while in my practice, you know, mm-hmm. before I was like, all right, I'm going to start doing this for other people besides my like super inner circle. And right. there were, there, that was the reaction like, oh, oh, you're into this, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, you're a pretty rational level-headed sort of person, like maybe. And I'm like, you know, so but people definitely have that color um, from somewhere, you know, whether it's those infomercials or just old movies and, you know, the fortune teller, the, when the werewolf movie kind of thing, that's what I always think of. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That really colors people's perceptions of it. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, okay. Uh, what uh, you did mention actually earlier that you work with the Marseille deck, is that right? Yeah. Uh, pr- primarily I work with Marseille decks. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm curious, like, why that deck in particular, and also, have you worked with other decks, and have you noticed, like, um, for example, I have three tarot decks. I have um, uh, one called the Golden Dawn Magical Tarot, and then I have mm-hmm. the Rider the Waite, which is, I still think it's the most common one, at least, that I've seen around, right? The Rider Waite. I think so, yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say. And, yeah, and uh, I recently got this uh, deck in the mail, I think it was yesterday, actually, or maybe two days ago. It's uh, Oh, this is the one you sent me the picture of, right? Yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. I've wanted okay. to get this for a while, actually. I guess uh, they just recently started re uh, reprinting it or remanufacturing it. It's Lon Milo Duquette's uh, Tarot of Ceremonial Magic, which is really yes. cool. It's really cool. It's sort of like a, um, much different than other tarot decks that I have or seen, because it's sort of like a file cabinet for a bunch of different occult systems like you have the Enochian on there like little Enochian mm-hmm. tablets and then um, you have uh, like astrological uh, correspondences you have the Goetia it's like literally all of right. the, <laughs> it's like literally with these cards it's pretty interesting with these cards like you can study pretty much every occult system or even use them um, sort of in a ritual setting so oh wow yeah, it's quite interesting. It's, uh, it's a di- definitely a different type of tarot. But um, yeah, I'm curious, have you noticed any differences working with maybe the Marseille or versus another deck? Or was there something particular that drew you to the Marseille deck? Well, so I think the first, the first thing was 
that was that was the imagery that I had seen in Meditations of the Tarot. So that was kind of like I wanted to see what that was all about, and that, that's why I kind of like hunted that out first. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, you know, I got more interested in history of it and and all that sort of thing, and and the oldness of it was really appealing, the kind of primitive uh, nature of it. Mm. Um, and I also. I think there's something, especially like later, as I started playing around with other decks and learning other things. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I like about the Marseille deck, as opposed to the Rider Waite uh, and other, you know, because even the Rider Waite, there's all these other decks that are like more broadly in the Rider Waite system, you know, like uh-huh. you can go and find these like angel and fairy, whatever. You can find a million different types of decks that mm-hmm. are based on that Rider Waite system. Um, and it's really, I think it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's popular for a reason. Um, but there's something about the pip decks that don't have the number that don't have the illustrated miners, um, you know, mm. where there's not a character on the, the number cards um, mm. that allows um, a different <laughs> kind of flex, flexibility um, and a different kind of it allows you to access a different aspect of the intuition I find when working with it. Um, Yeah. And so actually there's another deck that I've been using a lot personally. So like if I'm working with a client, I'm almost always using a Marseille deck, but the deck that I've been using myself kind of like for my own work lately is um, kind of a weird hybrid. It's the um, nap hall tarot um that manly p hall did um oh interesting okay i haven't heard of i know manly p hall but i haven't heard of uh that deck in specific yeah it's also i think it's called the revised new art tarot mm-hmm. um it's the other name for it but the the same uh what's his name uh arthur knapp the guy who painted all the illustrations in manly hall's famous book worked on um worked on the these this tarot with him and it is, it's a really interesting hybrid because it, ha- it is definitely uses like the Marseille imagery and it has French names under, under all the majors. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also kind of like what you were talking about with Lon Milo Duquette's uh, tarot. There's also all this esoteric stuff in the, um, that's kind of like put into it. So there's astrological things, there's Hebrew letters and correspondences for Kabbalism and, and different fields of numerology and all this different stuff. Alchem- there's a lot of alchemical imagery and symbols that are, that are annotated and put into the cards. Um, and yeah, I really like it. Um, and kind of to your, to your question, I do think that there are different energies that you feel uh, Mm -hmm. from different decks. And, and, you know, like this one, the Napal one is more, I I mean, I use it for doing readings with it and stuff for myself, but it's more contemplative and more like kind of puts you into different spaces and and, and correspondences. Um, But I also find that it, it, do, it does not pull any punches <laughs> when, you, mm. when you ask it a question at all. Um, mm. Whereas, you know, a, a lot of times I'll find with the Marseille deck, it'll be like, it's a little more tough lobby if I need to hear something that I don't necessarily want to. It's like, well, you know, 
Mm-hmm. You might want to think about this. Whereas the napal is just like, bro, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, each deck sort of has its own vibe or energy, and I mean the um, even the images are quite different, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah that, that is quite interesting. Um, okay, so I'm curious, how do you personally use uh, tarot in practice? Like, you know, there's different. Like, are, are you mostly using it with clients or on yourself or both? Or what, what sort of, um, I'm kind of in, interested in how you use them and then what kind of influence your approach to how you, um, how you practice with the tarot? Sure. Um, so I guess I would say that, um, you know, I, I tend to think there's kind of like two broad schools of looking at it that you know, mm-hmm. one is more psychological and one is more like predictive. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that I generally fall way more into the psychological camp. Um, and I'm looking with whether, so there's a call. So if uh, I'll back up a little bit, okay. I'm working with myself. Um, I have a basically like a daily practice of just pulling three cards pretty much every day and just sort of thinking about what those those energies mean and they are definitely tied to events sometimes and there may be a a predictive or um you know a predictive aspect of it but that's not necessarily what I'm looking for um I often find it sort of happens accidentally like at the end of the day I'll be like oh okay yeah (laughs) that's what Mm. that's what that meant um but I'm really trying to like it's more like a tool for me to frame my thoughts and my experiences around. And also there's an element of using it as a, as a sort of mirror or a check of other things that I'm doing. So in my meditative practice um, where, you know, I'll have certain thoughts that will come up that I'll want to explore or or go to, and I get these ideas. um, I find that the two kind of like play into each other really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep me, I don't know what the word is for it, I guess grounded or um, it, it helps balance. Um, the two practices sort of help balance each other so mm-hmm. that, that I, I weigh into it that way. Um, and then, yeah, and then, then I will do, I'll do certain, you know, if there's, if there's a particular issue or a problem that I want to kind of dig into a little bit, I'll do a little bit more. I'll kind of treat myself as the client and I'll, <laughs> I'll give myself a little, little consultation um, and sort of see what, see what comes up from that. And that's, that's pretty helpful. Uh, but that's not like an everyday occurrence. That's. Um, right. So in that context, you use like a full spread. So you're talking about how you would draw like a random card and sort of meditate on it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. In, in the other context that you're talking about the latter, was it, would you do like a full, I don't know. There's so many. That's one thing about the tarot that's also interesting. Not only are there a lot of decks out there, but there are so many different spreads. There's like a three card spread, a five card spread, a Celtic right. cross, a fifteen card spread, right? Like what? Yeah, uh, and there are multiple uh-huh. multiple mm-hmm. types of three card and five card, and yeah, all those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, is there any? Um, are there any like spreads in particular that you work with? Yeah, there's a few. Um, I, well, you know, actually, I, I like a good old-fashioned Celtic cross sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's got a lot of, 
I guess what I would say is it has a strong egregore built up around it, you know? Uh, yeah, I agree. That, that's actually the one that I uh, use. So all the way yeah. out here in Korea. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, contributing to that egregore, huh? <laughs> right, exactly, right. Um, so you're kind of tapping into that. Um, and then um, there's a there's a there's a spread I really love. I use it all the time, both for myself and for other people. Mm-hmm. That um, is called the Rose Spread, and I got that from uh, a guy named Weston who has a podcast called Rulock Radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically a five-card spread that's in the shape of a rose, but you, you do this really wonderful process of digging into a problem seeing it from the root and seeing all the different things that you have to navigate to get to the blossom of the desired outcome that you want. And I find that's a really nice framework to, um, especially when somebody's dealing with a more specific um, issue that they want some insight into. It really kind of helps unlock uh, some stuff for people. Um, that's another part of it, I think, for me is like, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, just throw down cards generally and say like, this means this. Um, I try to look at it as very like collaborative and interactive experience. Um, I want to see what imagery uh, is evoked with, you know, like what, what, what those things, what feelings come up for the person who's seeing it. Um, I might tell them some, you know, association or some meaning but then I want to get their feedback and we kind of like collaborate. So it's, it's so they're kind of invested in it. Um, and that, that spread mm-hmm. is really great for that. I found. So that's one of my favorites. Mm, cool. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one. What'd you say? The name was the rose. Um, what the, the rose. The rose. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Can people, um, is that like available online or is it printed or is that like a specific um, like one? Yeah. Uh-huh. You can, um, yeah, you can find it on um, Weston at, at Rootlock Radio is, I think, his Instagram. I think he's got the spread up there. Basically, I can describe it really quickly if you want. Oh, it's, sure. um, okay. yeah, so you lay out um, the cards kind of in the shape of a rose. The bottom one is going to be the root um, to the side of it, uh, which I usually do on the right side is going to be the thorn. Um, mm-hmm. And you can kind of think of that as sort of like the cross card in a, in a Celtic cross. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next card up is going to be directly on top of the uh, root card. That's going to be the stem. Uh, the next card is called the bud and the, the final card. And that's on the opposite end of the, the, the thorn. And the, mm-hmm. the card at the top is the, um, is the blossom. So you kind of like mm. have the structure to navigate, almost like a little narrative. As you oh, cool. Yeah. That sounds pretty neat. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah awesome. Um, okay, so your style, you mentioned, uh, to kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, you mentioned you have sort of a psychological approach. You approach each card as sort of like a uh, like an archetype or a psychological mirror, right? Like it's revealing, mm. revealing certain um, maybe aspects of yourself or your life or your decisions and whatnot, right? To yourself. Yeah. 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 I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have some really, uh, really cool posts on Instagram. I hope uh, people follow you. Your Instagram is Spear of Fire Tarot. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Your ID. Yeah. 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 So I remember um, after listening to the podcast with Friday RC, I pulled up, I think I pulled up your Instagram and like the first one I saw, I think it was this one. 
it was uh, the judgment, right? Um, mm. And, uh, oh, do you mind if I read this real quick? Is it okay? Yeah, go ahead. No, that's fine. Okay. Because I read this, and I was like, man, this is great. Because that's when I when I also use tarot, like, every now and then, you know, I don't work a lot with it, but every now and then I'll draw a tarot card and sort of um, maybe do, like, a path working or a meditation on it, right? And mm -hmm. uh, sort of sort of scrying the tarot and seeing what sort of um, what sort of images or teachings or um, yeah what, what what it's kind of reflecting to myself right and so that's mm -hmm. what, when I when I read this it sort of reminds me of my own experiences um, or sort of the the um, what would you say the, the the sort of headspace I put myself in when I draw a card mm -hmm. too so I thought it was yes. really cool and insightful the way that you wrote it down because I, I don't think I'm as gifted with words as maybe you are but, <laughs> yeah, you know you know it's like all it's all going on the energy and the the teachings are you know happening to me but it's just harder to put into words I would say for me but um yeah you write here the judgment has been my soccer card lately the human psyche or soul is structured by through and within narratives and story you often hear it said that our thoughts become our reality to me this isn't simply a new age platitude but hints at the deep truth that all of our perceptions and experiences are scaffold, uh, scaffolded upon the kinds of stories that inhabit our psyches. Uh, those perceptions and experiences are what our reality consists of. We can construct fantasies of our own unworthiness or fut uh, futility. We can construct delusions of grandeur. Or we can, as Aiden Watcher puts it, uh, spend the effort to get clear about what is and isn't our actual state. Our native state before our minds became colonized by the stories, ideal, ideas, ideals, limitations, and expectations of others. I think the judgment is calling me to wake up into a story that's different from the ones I've been telling myself or have had dictated to me. What story are you telling yourself? Is it still serving your highest good? So I thought that was really good. It's sort of, uh, it's kind of, it sounds like you use the card to sort of step away from maybe all these narratives that you're telling yourself and social conditioning and social media and the news and, you know, all these um, sort of programs, I guess you would say, that are out there in the ether and kind of right. st step away from it all and kind of reflect on, is this even, you know, beneficial to me? Is this even what, is, it, is this the sort of paradigm I want to take on, right? So, right right yeah. yeah that's really really well, awesome mm -hmm. well thank you i really appreciate that thank you for the kind words mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah yeah i hope people find you on uh, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes too right i'll include a, a link okay. to your uh, instagram and i think you have a facebook page too right yes yeah okay cool yeah yeah definitely. The Facebook algorithm is a little weird, so I don't know how many people are finding me on uh, that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, um, I, I definitely am on uh, both places, um, so. You're about to get blocked as hate speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> teaching, teaching people about themselves and their psyche, hey, that's, that's hateful. We're going to censor that. <laughs> well, we're laughing, but there's actually yeah. something kind of... <laughs> I wonder how long, how far we are from that, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I heard uh, I heard Matt bought shares of uh, what's that? GameStop. He's a he's evil. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a part of this hateful uh, bigot, right. bigotry movement. Exactly. Yeah. He's a black guy who's a white supremacist. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, typical. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But, yeah, but um, yeah. So, well, you know, I think there is actually kind of something dangerous about 
you know, waking people up to their own agency in some way. Um, I, mm -hmm. I think that does kind of threaten some some powers that be, maybe not all of oh. them, but, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and so I guess that's actually one of the reasons that I, that's one of the reasons that I, I think there are other tools that probably can do this, but tarot is one that I really resonate with and it seems to yeah. work well for me and for others mm -hmm. to do that, to kind of step outside of, of um, it, it, I think if, it, if it's used, there are ways that you can use it that are really good for breaking up entrenched um, patterns uh, or at least letting you pursue different possibilities. Um, and I think that's, I think that's just really huge for people, especially right now. I think we all really need that to, um, to, to sort of like take, I don't necessarily want to say control, because it's not like we have control over every single aspect of our, our reality, but I think we have a lot more control, um, than we, we realize. And we also are served best by leaning into the amount of control that we have and putting our efforts and our attention there, if that makes sense, you know? Oh, for sure, for sure. I think that, um, especially in the modern age with social media and people sort of, you know, like like you said in your post with the judgment card, it's sort of like, um, the way I look at it is like a lot of people, they're just sort of running these scripts of, I mean, I don't know where they're coming from. Maybe it's almost like people are spitting out <laughs> algorithms of algorithms or something. It's mm -hmm. like, we hate Trump. So then it's like everything I'm going to post and think about and talk about is going to be about Trump. And it's sort of, you know, they never really looked inside of themselves and <laughs> looked, you know, they never really looked themselves in the mirror. It's just more about, you know, spitting out whatever narratives are fed to them and whatever, you know, whatever is the trendy thing to hate today or to like today or to talk about today. Right. Whereas, right they never really stepped outside of these narratives or these sort of conditioned um, ideologies or whatnot and kind of took the time to put themselves in a vulnerable state and um, maybe not scapegoat everything, but to look at themselves in a different light, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and it, it's kind of weird because I, I guess, you know, this is no surprise to people who are into like <laughs> hermeticism and stuff like that but uh mm -hmm. it, it's the microcosm and the macrocosm match up here right so the thing, mm -hmm. things that are sort of affecting us society-wide i think are affecting a lot of us at a very individual level um oh, for sure for sure you know and and the more of us can kind of like to turn on a little bit the more mm -hmm. we can kind of help uh alleviate some of the misery and and frustration and meaninglessness and all that crap in our own lives, um, mm -hmm. you know, the more of us who can kind of do that, I think the better it gets for everybody, you know? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Especially, uh, yeah, it just seems like communication is such a, uh, a rare commodity these days, right? Like having a, having a talk where you can actually listen to the other person and sort of try to think from their perspective or take on their, um, maybe their mindset or reality tunnel rather than you're wrong. Fuck you. No, you right. know, that's sort of this sort right. of, um, I don't know what you would call it, like a childish, immature form of it. You know, maybe it's due to social media or whatnot, but uh, yeah, just taking well, the chance. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I was just, as you said that, I, I, I think, um, I don't know that it's really due to social media, but I think social media just amplifies something that's already been there. Like, I, I don't know. Are you familiar with Rene Girard at all? Um, the no. French thinker? Yeah, he was, this, he was this French thinker who had this whole theory, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing because it goes everywhere, but mm-hmm. had this whole theory that there was this, he called it mimetic desire and mimetic rivalry was like the the engine that kind of drove all human society and it's basically that ability we have to mimic each other and want the same things that somebody else wants you know so you want the 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 car that somebody else has or you know everybody wants a mate but the kind of mate that you want you want this the, the hot girl who is whatever your culture defines a hot girl at at that particular time you know mm-hmm. and everything is hunky-dory until whatever the thing is that a person desires becomes a scarce resource mm-hmm. everyone starts kind of like fighting over it mm-hmm. and the whole like society starts to kind of unravel until somebody like we all sort of decide that there's a scapegoat. It's that mm-hmm. person's fault and we sacrifice them, right? So according to Gerard, that process happened in every little village, every little place all over uh, all over the earth in our early, you know, prehistory. And, you know, like once that process gets rolling, it's what kind of drives all of culture and religion and, and you know, the, the sacrificed gods, you know archetype and all this kind of stuff Hmm. and the thing that's kind of i think fascinating about it because gerard died i think in 2010 Hmm. and social media wasn't what it was now but like facebook was just kind of starting and um you know like it was starting to get to to be a thing and i remember listening to this interview with him and he, he was just like boy this is good (laughs) you're just like throwing a can of gasoline on this thing Mm. and um and one the other like interesting thing and how this ties into social media was one of his grad students was actually peter Thiel. oh wow and part of the reason that peter Thiel invested so heavily in facebook was because of his background as a Girardian. He said, oh, this thing is going to be like crack. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, everyone wants to see what everybody else is up to and what they're doing and what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And we have this great, you know, it's kind of like there's that joke, like every day there's one person who's the star of Twitter and the the object (laughs) is to never be that person, right? Uh, That's funny. That is That's That's that scapegoat, right? Uh, mm. in uh, in action you know yeah that's that's quite hilarious yeah um <laughs> you have to look in what, what's the name of the uh the writer that you mentioned uh renee girard g-i-r-a-r-d right okay yeah i think that um yeah definitely i don't think social media is necessarily the cause of it but it's sort of like you said it's sort of um exaggerated it or sort of sort of played on um certain psychological tendencies as you've said right and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I like that post that, you know, your Instagram post, because it gives you sort of sort of like uh, you're familiar with Robert Anton Wilson, right? Oh, yeah. 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 He, uh, he has this video, this little short, I think it's like a three minute clip on YouTube where he's saying how culture is not your friend and how, you know, all <laughs> sort of it's like the culture is not your friend. Usually you hear the opposite, right? Like I'm trying to get cultured right. or 
I mean, <laughs> culture, what he's saying, basically, like, all of these things and culture are, like, brainwashing you and getting you on their agenda, right? It's like, Facebook right. is getting you on Facebook's algorithm agenda, and the news is getting you on the whatever, right? Like, fear yeah. agenda, and then the infomercials are getting you on the you know, buy this product, three easy payments of 1999, that agenda, right? Right, right. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, I think the tarot, that's, it's a nice organic way, you know, to sort of step back from that and find your own agenda, find your own path, find your own inspiration, right? Find your own. Yes. Yeah. Got inner guidance rather than looking to the outside, um, you know, well, culture, which, you know, has its own agenda in a way, right? Right. Well, and I think, I think what it does, because tarot also has, tarot has its own culture too, right? You like, you can mm, get okay. all the books mm-hmm. and like, this means this, and this means that, and this is how you interpret this card and how you interpret that card. And, and I actually don't necessarily think that's all bad, right? <laughs> like we right. have to kind of know something, right? You have mm-hmm. to start somewhere. Um, but I think what what I think it's very helpful for, what I found it helpful for is being aware of where you're dipping into culture and who you're aligning with and how conscious you are of your alignment. Like, I don't think, I don't think we should all live in a cabin in the woods and be, mm-hmm. um, you know, off the grid. I think if you can do that and that works for you great you know <laughs> but right. but, yeah. but you know like I, i'm embedded in a in a particular culture or in different different layers of cultures really mm-hmm. um but i think that there's something really powerful about being aware of how much of your presuppositions are just a product of the culture um mm-hmm. and you know, kind of consciously choosing when you are going to say like okay well in this instance my culture's uh, uh, aims are aligned with mine so I'll be happily I'll happily go along with it but on those times where you just are going and playing for your team because that's all you've ever done mm-hmm. and you've never looked at it in a different way um, I think I think there's there's some real utility in having a tool that helps kind of like break that up and uh, let you think about consciously what you're what you're trying to do like what are the stories you're telling yourself? Why are you telling yourself those stories? Are those stories taking you to where you want to go? Are you even sure you know what you want? You know, that's not always mm. an easy thing that people people don't always know that. They want what they're told they should want. Um, exactly, exactly. You know. sort, of, sort of a meditative tool to find your own true will and see if current actions and behaviors, beliefs and uh, whatnot align with that and even being aware of what you want and what society is sort of dictating right like awareness is sort of the first step right so that Mm. you can actually start making conscious decisions because if you're just not aware and running scripts you know blindly then you you don't really know you know you're operating on some sort of other agenda so just being aware of what you're doing is sort of you know like step number one right and as you mentioned cards give you that they can at least put you at step number one, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're going to, you know, uh, not like they're going to dictate, do, you know, act for you in your life or you know, right. leave your goals for you. But nonetheless, they can at least give you a little bit of a um, maybe insight or a, uh, you know, like a flashlight on the, on the dark trail or things along those lines. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Know? Like the hermit's lamp. Right. You know, yeah. I, 
I think also as you're as we're discussing this, one thing that occurs to me is that they offer an interesting opportunity not just to think about what's kind of like reflected in your own psyche, mm -hmm. but to interact and have a conversation with other people mm -hmm. who aren't there, you know, like physically with you, like, because it's part of a tradition, you know, mm. um, that where, you know, when you're just kind of interacting with your culture through day, daily conditioning, you just, it's basically like these forces are acting upon you you know, <laughs> you know yeah, like your job right. and, and everything is good. And so other people are, are a lot of the times sorted into that whole, like they're either obstacles in your way or they're things that you can use to get what you want. Right. They're not mm -hmm. really like beings or, or things with their own agency. Mm -hmm. uh, and then somebody will get into like, will come into your little bubble and they're very high resolution. And you're like, Oh, this is an actual person. Maybe they're my friend or my enemy or my, my lover or whatever but um you know a lot of a lot of what we interact with it's like we don't we don't sit in our cars with a bunch of other people sitting in their cars we sit in traffic right mm, right you know and that that is a lot of the way in which we converse and we interact with the social world um and tarot, it's kind of interesting because on the one hand, it is very private and, you know, usually done, person will do this, you know, meditative kind of thing. Like we're, we're talking about where they will be one-on-one -on -one with somebody else who's giving a reading or they will be in a tight circle of small friends. But um, I think that one thing that's kind of cool about tarot is you're also talking to the people who painted those pictures. You know, if you're using a Rider weight deck, there's some, you know, <laughs> Arthur Waite and Pamela Smith are, are talking to you in some sense, you know, mm -hmm. and the people who wrote those um, were people who drew the images that became the Marseille tarot and the, the tarots that were before that. Um, those, you know, that that's embedded in a tradition that's embedded in the experience and the lives of people uh, for centuries, really. Um, and so it is a way to kind of like, interact with the social world um, and learn and leverage that experience and, and learn what other people have thought without necessarily being acted upon at the same, <laughs> same way that so much <laughs> social, uh, social experience takes, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. I was just thinking, as you were saying that, I was thinking like, you know how the um, major arcana are sort of like, there are all these like specific archetypes, right? That are associated with each of these cards, right? And so I was wondering, like, if you're getting really deep into tarot, I could just, I could just imagine like walking outside the door and like you're seeing everybody, you're seeing everybody is like one of the major kind of, right? right. Like, you, see, you see like, oh, that, that guy's like some pissed off guy, you know, he's like uh, yelling at two, a man and a woman, like, oh, that's the devil or something. Right. <laughs> like over the, you know, like the high priestess is over there. You start seeing these sort of like um, archetypes projected onto people, right? Like I could totally. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's well, it's kind of funny, you know, like, even as, as I was saying that I do a lot of like more psychological work, it's mm -hmm. kind of funny, because every now and then you just you, you work with somebody and like, it's, it's just exactly what it's 
what it looks like you know like mm -hmm. i remember one time doing a reading and the, the queen of um the queen of coins or pentacles if you're using right away but coins in the marseille deck came up and i was you know like talking to the person i'm like well you know this could represent this blah 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 i'm like or, or it could also be a person and, and she's like looks at it she goes oh no that's the treasurer i work with at my job she's a major bitch and she's giving me <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like or it's that you know <laughs> like, oh, that's, like, hilarious. That's, that's hilarious that's probably that probably is what it is actually now that we look at it you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's all the angle you take, right? It's the, right. Uh, the perspective you have. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why, that's why I think it is important, like you were saying, when you do, um, you know, I, I haven't done that many readings for people. I've done a handful because I have like a real basic understanding, but I mean, I'm still able to do like real basic readings for people. But um, at, at least when I've done them before, instead of telling them, like you were saying earlier, instead of telling them like, oh, this means this and like this sort of weird, rigid, like approach or whatever. I also like to, you know, when I turn over the card, it's like, I, I think the first question I remember asking people is like, what do you feel when you see this card? Or what does, what emotion does this evoke? Or what, um, what thought comes to mind, right? So it's sort of mm -hmm. getting them involved in it, getting them um, sort of turning on their intuitive and psychic uh, faculties in themselves, rather than me putting in my own um preconceptions or predispositions into their uh, reading right 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 um yeah I, I i love that i i had a um a good friend of mine who i had done like the first tarot reading she'd ever had and she said afterwards she goes you know i look at these cards and there's this this, this weird kind of it's interesting but it's also kind of scary imagery and mm -hmm. i'm fascinated but i am also a little like nervous and what she appreciated was that she's like it was like we were taking a walk through a forest that i wouldn't have wanted to walk through by myself mm. and but it was fine that you were there you know and then by the end it was a nice walk <laughs> whereas it would have been a scary walk in a dark forest if if you don't have the right person so mm. that's kind of that's kind of what i like to do it's like if we're gonna churn up all the stuff in the unconscious uh, mm -hmm. you know mine that, that's going to be a little bit much i, I want to sort of provide and that's kind of how my i look at my role is more like let's kind of like walk through this thing together and mm -hmm. get, get somewhere that we want to go um, ah, that's, that's a that's a cool uh perspective i like that i think if you want to scare somebody uh, uh use the um like crowley's thought tarot because there's some like the same cards essentially i mean they are the same cards there's just a couple you know a couple of like the name changes and correspondent changes and whatnot but um right you know you can show them the same whatever death or uh you know what, whatever it is um and uh, some of them are definitely more haunting in appearance, I would say, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I think well, even the like, yeah. even the like happy looking cards in that one are, are kind of scary, you know, like the two of cups is a little like, right, right, right. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw those cards, it was sort of like, I don't know, it gave me almost a, um, I, re I really like them actually, but um, sort of like a, like a, I don't know what you would say, sort of like a, when you're not not necessarily having a bad trip but when you sort of see haunting imagery on psychedelics or something like that it okay, had that kind of yeah. that kind of vibe at least right and then when you see like for example when i see the marseille deck it looks almost more 
um, I don't know if you would say happy, but sort of cartoony, like being on mushrooms right. where you're feeling very happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That was, those are, those are just my own personal like response, <laughs> to, like initially looking at them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, that seems about right. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Um, also I'm kind of curious, like to sort of, um, expand on the tarot stuff. Are, do you ever use tarot and like Kabbalistic pathworkings? Have you ever experimented with that approach, like with the Golden Dawn or um, like Crowley system? They often use the cards, they overlay them on the tree of life and then sort of use them as tools in like pathworking or scrying uh, uh, the tree of life, right? So, yeah, I have not done that in like a Kabbalistic setting. Um, probably the closest thing practice that I've done to this was. Um, Gareth Knight had a you know series of exercises where in you um, kind of go into this imaginal space and then interact with the characters and the figures on the cards um, and talk to them. Um, and it's less like, um, yeah, so I mean, it's not necessarily tied to the to the like Golden Dawn or the or the Kabbalistic path working, but there's there's a lot of overlap there. It's it's similar work from what I understand, even though, you know, having not done it. Um, and it's actually very similar to uh, I had a friend describe this very intense uh, retreat, Buddhist uh, meditative retreat he did under like the direction of one you know one teacher, where for like days and days and days he he sat and like interacted with all these different figures and you know demons and angelic figures of this buddhist tradition um as you know like had conversations and interactions with them so it was kind of a little bit more like that i would say to a lesser extent um so, sort of it was uh, really fascinating very trippy very trippy uh, oh you, you yeah know. yeah it's sort of a like scrying sort of like a going like creating a portal of the card and going into it and sort of traveling in the landscapes and talking with the main archetype yeah. the main spirit of the card and um yeah yeah I, i'm familiar with that approach as well so sort of like yeah. uh, some people i think they call it like scrying the tarot right yeah i think i've heard it called that too yeah 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 okay that's cool that's pretty cool um are there any like current um do we talk a lot about the tarot and maybe are there any like current like new things you're experimenting with the tarot or even outside of the tarot maybe in different um, practices or esoteric well, pursuits? Yeah. Um, so it's a couple things. I'm, I'm working on a couple things with tarot. I guess I shouldn't, there, there's two, uh, they're too like, they're too sketched out to like really like talk about. I'm kind of right. trying to, there's a spread that I'm sort of like trying to develop. Uh, I need to kind of oh, experiment cool. with it a little bit. Um, I find that I like to do, I like to, the way I sort of like to work with this stuff is I will, you know, like try it out with myself a little bit and then I'll like maybe hunt down a friend to give me some feedback and like see whether it works or not. And then I'll sort of like, um, you know, put it out into the broader world after I've had a little bit of a chance. So there's something that's kind of in the, in the works there. Um, just a little six card spread that I'm working on. Um, mm -hmm. And as far as like other practices, um, one of the things that's really excited me lately was um, I think I actually mentioned him in the, the judgment card post that you mentioned the work of uh, Aiden Walker. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, and he, uh, I read a book of his called Weaving Fate. Okay. Um, that is basically like a, there's three sort of like interconnected practices of um, using um, like a narrative hyper sigil to, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, move away from what you don't want and <laughs> move towards more towards what you do want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, that's been really, that's been really fascinating to kind of, I'm sort of like dipping my toes into that. Um, that sounds interesting. That goes. Yeah. yeah. He's a very, he's a very insightful person, even from just a purely like, even if you don't believe in any of this, this stuff, which hopefully people listening to this are not in that category, but. <laughs> right, <laughs> um, right, right, right. Yeah. But even well, they're, if you they're, don't. They're already, they're already tuning into an occult podcast, I'm sure they're. Right. Yeah, we, we don't have to like win them over to it, but. Yeah, um, they're probably not too shocked. You know? <laughs> right. It's, it, it's kind of, kind of hard to shock a cult. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, cult, you know. <laughs> But, but uh, uh, yeah, I've heard of him before. I think uh, actually I have listened to a podcast where he was on uh, the Glitch Bottle podcast. I think he did. One oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I remember also, I think I saw, um, does he have a book called uh, Six Ways or something like that? Six Ways. Yeah, that's I, I just actually uh-huh. started reading that. I, that one's older. That's like the first book, um, but I haven't I've only read a little bit of it. Um, it looks pretty cool. I saw um, like a book review of it somewhere and um, some pretty cool, like different, like how to take on different mindsets and sort mm-hmm. of um, sort of, it almost sounded more like a chaos magic approach, which was. Yeah, cool. I think that is kind of what he's more rooted in, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of interesting because a, a lot of the stuff that I have done and I'm by no means an expert in any of this is more of like the golden dawn and, you know, high magic kind of stuff. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is something that's really kind of I le- I also sort of uh, admire the chaos magic and uh, there's also a real sense there's also a real um, folk magic you know earthy hoodoo kind of vibe to it too that I really dig so oh that's cool that's cool um, I know like in the Golden Dawn um, they I don't remember I, I mean I'm not in the Golden Dawn so I wouldn't know right. the grade that they make you do this but. I think maybe it's Portal or something. I can ask for RC. Uh, one, yeah. of the, one, of, one of the great, I'm sure he'll know, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, and like everything a, else he'll know too, right? Yeah, like, like a pop-up quiz, right? Exactly. Um, right. Uh, yeah, one of the grades, they make you design your own tarot deck, right? Like that's a big part of their, mm. um, their thing there. And so would you ever, have you ever considered um, maybe, you know, not saying like tomorrow or today or anything like that, but maybe somewhere down the line, would you, have you ever thought about creating your own deck or drawing up your own cards you know or um like for me I think it would be interesting maybe someday I think it'd be fun to do but I'm not necessarily more of a musical person I'm really terrible at drawing things but um Mm -hmm. I think that I could I have like basic images in my mind for each card and then having almost having like an artist friend help me to sketch them up would be fun but if you're an artist I mean that's a what a perfect like practice make your own deck that's like a dream come true if you're an actual artist right or even oh, like yeah, a graphic de- graphic designer or you know familiar with those sort of things but uh, have you considered making your own deck um yeah in in kind of the same way that you have like i do mm-hmm. i don't i'm not that great an artist i used to draw you know comic book type stuff when i was a little kid but i really fell out of practice mm-hmm. um but um 
yeah, I think it would be, it'd be, you know, cause you get these ideas of how you maybe change things a little bit or your own sort of spin on it, or, or even just, even if you don't have the idea, like, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I have an idea about how every, all 78 cards should be, but the work of mm-hmm. working through that is kind of an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have a really good friend who's a graphic designer who I've been like hounding her for years to work on a tarot deck with me. Right. She's like, man, right. I got too much other shit to do, but someday. <laughs> <laughs> you know? right. She's like, you know, there's, there's 78 of those cards, right? I'm like, yeah, I know, but there's some money there's some money in it for you there fifty percent off each sale you know fifty percent on each sale yeah 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 that would be cool but yeah it would be a really cool uh exercise really fascinating and and yeah and you never know like maybe it's something that's really going to resonate with somebody you know yeah for sure for sure um actually i'm here over in korea and tarot cards Actually, it's kind of interesting, you know, I'm here in Korea and it's more, obviously I'm in the East, I'm in Asia and like Buddhism, like down the street from my house, you have like a thousand year old Buddhist temple. And um, mm. obviously there's more Eastern like Taoism and stuff like that. And uh, I, was, I was quite fascinated. I went to the local bookstore right down the street and um, they have a lot of tarot decks. There. I was shocked because, you know, it's more of a Western tradition. Right. And so mm-hmm. I was just looking through, there's like, I don't even know. There's probably like 20 decks over there. And I just, I was looking through, there's like one that was like this anime looking one. It's like, that's a pretty, <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, 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 like Dragon Ball Z characters on it or something like that. That uh, sounds that, rad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. It's, it's funny, but cool in another way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just looking at the different um, decks and how, I don't know, they all evoke like a different kind of emotion, right? And so, yeah, creating, mm-hmm. I think that would be, fun creating a deck not only would be like your vision or whatnot but like what sort of response could you evoke in people with the imagery that you're creating right it's which would be totally unique maybe to compared to other ones that are out there right so yeah and and also the milieu that you're working in because you know Mm -hmm. like the reason that the marseille decks look like that is because that's what the illustrations were like of anything that was illustrated like that that back then and Mm -hmm. you know uh pamela smith was working in that sort of like art nouveau thing because that was what was cool you know so i think you know like working in an anime style or a graphic novel style or something like that kind of makes sense now you know yeah exactly exactly i mean everything's like cgi or cg and photoshop Mm -hmm. and everything so yeah even having more like a modern uh take on it would be kind of interesting too i think definitely yeah I haven't really seen any decks that look, um, I'm sure they're out there. I just haven't really dug around, but any decks that look like super modern or like, I don't know, that look more like realistic or something. Like, oh yeah. Like more modern. There's, decks, I don't know. Yeah. There's one and I don't have it. I've seen like little flip throughs of it and stuff. It's one of those, you know, cause you can go, you can go totally broke buying tarot decks. <laughs> they want to go nuts. Right. Um, but um, there's one that, what's it called the true black tarot and it has that kind of like neat it's got this kind of like modern kind of neo-noir kind of vibe to it it's pretty cool Hmm, that's that's kind of that's that's too closest to what it sounds like you were sort of describing like sort of like more photorealistic in some ways and Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it sounds pretty interesting i have to check that out um, I was also thinking as you're describing that, you know, like, uh, have you ever used VR, like uh, Oculus Rift or anything like that? 
I haven't. No, not personally. No. Oh, okay. What no, am I... uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just thinking it'd be trippy because they're they're quite realistic. Like uh, you can play. Oh. <laughs> it, it's a trip. Like you can play a skiing game, right? Like you're just standing there. You're not on a slope or anything, obviously, right? But it literally feels like it feels like you're going to fall off the edge of a cliff or like a jump. Oh man. Right. So I, w- I was just thinking like, dude, having like a, this could be the future too. Having like a virtual tarot reality thing. That would be a trip. That would be, you know, that amazing. would be really something, you know, you could actually yeah, go in there and uh, kind of mm-hmm. like that scrying thing that we were talking about, but actually have something programmed on the other end of it or something to talk to interact with. Oh man, that yeah. might be, that might be some dope to develop. You know, if you know anybody that's in like VR development or something like that, I'm sure they're, uh, I'm sure like every occultist would be like, I want to try that out, you know, like, <laughs> right. hey, you know? yeah, an aid to my, uh, you know, scrying or whatever, right? That'd be, yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. You mentioned that you do like, uh, you mentioned a little bit about like client readings and whatnot. Are there any, do you have like specific products or specific um, like uh, programs or like how, how would people, you know, get in touch with you or what, what, what kind of services are you offering in general? Yeah, right now I basically um, do readings or consultations. Um, I will do, I usually just do like 20 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour, depending on how serious somebody wants to talk about. Uh, And I don't have any like courses or anything like that right now. Um, uh, Although, you know, that that might be something coming down the like courses or workshops would be kind of cool. But um, yeah, so that's that's generally what I'll do um, right now because of the the situation that we, we are in, at least in, in the country I live in. Um, most of this is happening virtually. Uh, so, oh, the, so, the country the country you live in, oh, that shithole? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but place, uh, place is falling apart over there, huh? It looks like the oh, tower. Yeah looking like the tower card right now <laughs> it is definitely looking like the tower card a lot of, in a lot of ways um. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty funny but i guess this is a good time in that sense since you do these readings um or have you done um any you know i probably cut you off you might have been uh trying to say this but do you do it ever do it via like zoom or skype because that's also a possibility too right yeah that's 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 actually mostly what i've been doing uh, in the last oh, year nice. you know just um Mm-hmm. is doing it that way uh, which is great because it offers me the opportunity to work with people basically anywhere you know like mm-hmm. i've had done readings with people on the other side of the country <laughs> in different countries you know right right Ireland, oh, that's awesome you know yeah oh that's awesome that's awesome so uh how how do people um how should people get in touch with you um yeah the best way is um at spear of fire tarot um at instagram Mm-hmm. Um, and just shoot me a, a, a message. You can also email Spear of Fire Tarot at Gmail mm-hmm. um, and uh, shoot me a message. Tell me what it is that you're looking for. Um, and uh, yeah, we can, we can set up a time to, to talk um, and uh, see what the tarot can, can do for you. <laughs> you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. It sounds cool. Sounds cool. Oh, there's one last question. I just thought about it at the end. Like, say somebody listens to this podcast. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who listen to it. And, um, you know, probably a lot of people that are already into the tarot or people that might be kind of interested in it, but maybe they listen to this and they got a whole different perspective and they're like, yeah, I want to dive into this. Right. 
Um, mm. What, 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 like, uh, like say they just want to start learning about it on their own as well or exploring it. What would you maybe like, what would you advise them? And then maybe, are there any like pitfalls too, where you'd be like, Oh, you know, you might want to avoid this or, um, or are there any like, yeah, I guess you would say pitfalls or like directions that you would advise them to go into. Sure. Okay. That's a good, that's a great question. Um, okay. One of the most helpful things for me when I, to, you know, cause I kind of like a lot of people, I floundered around, you know, trying to make sense out of books and stuff <laughs> that I was reading. Right. And there are um, a lot of books, right? That's, I there think that's are so one. many. Like right, the, first, yeah. the first pitfall that comes to my mind is like, geez, like I remember the first time I um like looked up a tarot book. There's like, geez, how many are there? There's like a thousand, and there's a, there's a lot of like contradictory information and whatnot, right? Oh yeah, right. And this is the only true, the one true way, you know. Oh god. Um, so the best um, the best thing that I did was uh, a couple of years ago, John Michael Greer, who probably a lot of your listeners will be familiar with. Um, he had a little blog post and he was like, Hey, people just keep asking me, how do I learn how to read tarot? So this is, he's like, you can do this with any kind of Oracle, but tarot's, you know, easiest. So, um, and this is kind of still basically forms the, uh, basis of my like daily practice anyway. And he says, you know, do a little three card reading, you know, you take your book out. Well, the first thing was, um, you know, look at each card and kind of think about it and meditate it, you know, do it one at a time, kind of take some time with it. And that's like day one. And then, you know, go through each card individually and just look at it. Like one day you're going to look at the fool. The next day you're going to look at the magician for a couple of minutes. The next day you're going to look at the high priestess and so forth. Um, but then, you know, what you start doing is you do these little three to three card readings and, you know, every tarot deck comes with this little tiny white book that like explains what the meanings of it are, at least in that tarot deck. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you look at those meanings and you try to figure out like a little story about what this, this little three card reading, uh, and the format that I use is like, one card represents me, second card represents the situation, the third card represents like the outcome, you know? Mm-hmm. Look at the meanings, make up this little story about what you saw mm-hmm. based on, you know, the book, whatever the little book says and write that down. Now you write it down. Now you've written it. So you have a record to see how it actually transpires through your day. Mm-hmm. And okay. you start eventually because you're encountering the same cards over and over again you start to kind of know what the things mean before you have to look them up um so that was actually a really helpful practice for me i think more than anything else because i had a daily practice almost anything if you want to get good at something it's not so much that you have to do a whole lot, but you have to do something <laughs> consistently, you sure, know? Sure. And I think having a daily practice of any kind is super helpful. And then as far mm-hmm. as like books, there are, you know, you can learn, there are some great books out there. If people want to know more about the Marseille tarot, probably um, there's two that I could say that are really good. One is um, the 
Johan Van Dove's book. Um, mm-hmm. There's one called, uh, it's, it's basically the same book. There's two different versions of it. The, the Marseille Tarot Revealed, mm-hmm. I think is a newer edition of um, Tarot, the open reading. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's a really great book about the Marseille Tarot. Um, and then there's another one called Tarot on Earth by Tom Benjamin that is very, you know, very comprehensive. Maybe not as like beginnery, but still you could use it as a beginner. Um, but yeah, so I think that more than anything else, it's it's having something that you can do that is that you can be consistent at um, is how to kind of like cut through like the contradictory stuff of the the different books because you start to like so okay so the books say this means that but every time Mm -hmm. i see it this is what it means in my life so you sort Mm -hmm. of like because it's you know like the way i look at it is tarot is almost kind of like a visual language so if you're thinking about trying to learn a language you know you have to sort of practice with that language or you're never going to learn it right Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Yeah, exactly. I like that idea of um, journaling your uh, your experimentation and stuff like that, too, because you can, like you said, you can keep going back and referring to it and uh, kind of seeing how it manifests in your life. And then you're also by I mean, by constantly practicing and journaling, you know, you sort of it becomes a lot easier. Not only are you seeing the patterns, but then also the fact that you're writing it down and everything, it becomes a lot more ingrained. Right. Instead of just like doing it and forgetting about it, right? Like you have, not only can you refer to it, but it's like the more you write stuff down and journal it, the more it sort of like seeps in or sinks in or whatnot, right? Yeah, well, you're using more, you know, you're, you're using your body. It's embodied when you write something mm. down, you know? Mm. So it's, it's not just staying around in your head. You actually have to concretize what you've <laughs> said. And, you know, mm. it, it, it does sink in in a very different way. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly, exactly um all right yeah cool well that's some uh really good advice i think uh if anybody wants to start you know their tarot journey or whatnot um and you mentioned that meditations on the tarot maybe save that one for later is that a little bit too obscure or like well let me or something no i'll say this if you're interested specifically in tarot and you want to learn how to read the tarot meditations mm-hmm. on the tarot is not your book <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right if you are interested in uh, if you are like a more general occultist if you're interested in spirituality if you're interested in the relationship between spirituality and religion and science and and all that kind of stuff if you really just want to read the thoughts of a pretty smart guy at the Mm -hmm. end of his life Mm. then meditations in tarot is like apps I, I can't recommend it highly enough um but it's not going to make you a tarot reader gotcha, <laughs> but, gotcha, gotcha. that's all yeah, yeah it's kind of it's kind of confusing because the name does sound like some sort of like like when i first heard uh heard of the book i thought it was some sort of like oh yeah this is a me- like a sort of like a guided meditation on each card but that's exactly what it's not right <laughs> right no it's not that at all they're they're these like weird little essays i mean mm-hmm. you know the 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 the, the the letter on the devil, which is one of the best things I've ever read, actually, is like starts off a, as a critique of Marxism. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow, totally, totally, yeah. totally unrelated, huh? Wow. Right, right. 
Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Or, or is it? Stuff. Or is it? Right. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Depends on the viewpoint. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, hey, you made me want to read that book. So, hey. Cool. Cool. For sure. For sure. For sure. Have to check it out for sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think it's uh, probably getting late on your end. You're at the end of your day. I got to start my day over here. So uh, nice. Guess we can yeah. uh, wrap it up. But yeah, everybody, check out Spear of Fire Tarot on Instagram, and I believe the same on Facebook, right? Spear of Fire Tarot. That's correct. That's correct. All right. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, and until next time. All right. Thank you, Ryan.